Welcome to Married by Design. How's your love life? Are the things that you're doing and not doing that are throwing cold water on your relationship with your spouse? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to our podcast. We've been looking at the idea of romance within marriage. We've looked at the opportunity that we have to love our spouse. Love is a choice. Love is something that you do. It's an action. The greatest example of love is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. In Romans 5.8, Paul says, But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we're sinners, Christ died for us. Love is something that's demonstrated by actions. You demonstrate your love for your spouse by the way that you treat them, the way that you react to them, the priority that you make them. And we've already started looking at this and how to actually live it out. We have suggested that romance within the marriage relationship is something very biblical. We looked in Song of Solomon about how Solomon said that he was captivated by his wife. One look of your eyes. That's a beautiful picture of the romantic love in the marriage relationship, and it involves a lot of romance and affection. We should never be in a place where we are indifferent and unaffected by our spouse. It's entirely possible for your love to grow deeper and deeper as you spend your life together. We've read, and we'll keep reading in Proverbs chapter 5, how you need to be intoxicated with the wife or the husband of your, your youth. We've pointed out that those feelings of romance are a byproduct of the choice that we make to love. We've examined the way that we should talk to our spouse. We've looked at the time that we need to invest in that relationship. And we're going to begin to look this week in 1 Corinthians 13 about how to love your spouse. This chapter is known as the chapter of love, and it's very challenging as you think about applying it to our marriage relationship. It is so easy to take our spouse for granted and to treat them poorly. And yet it's only when we truly love them, as Paul describes here, that we help our marriage to blossom and rekindle those feelings of romance and desired intimacy. We're going to begin to walk through this passage in 1 Corinthians 13. We will be focusing primarily on verses 4 through 8. That section of scripture is a wonderful passage to commit to memory. If you desire to see your marriage relationship grow grow and blossom, it would be very helpful to set your mind on the truth of how God wants you to love. The more that we hide God's word in our heart, the more we will practice it. The more you practice these verses, the more that you will be following what God says, and you will see the fruit of that in your relationship. And so, but before we look at uh, verse 4, it's interesting that Paul writes in the first three verses so many things that are good and great, but if they're done without love, they are nothing. Uh, Any good thing that we can do, whether it's prophetic powers, giving everything away, or sacrificing yourself, or serving the Lord, if it's not done in love, Paul says that it's useless. I want you to think about that. With all the things that you can do in your marriage relationship, it's important that it's done in love. The saddest predicament that a husband and wife can be in is a marriage relationship without love. 
to miss out on all that God intends in the intimacy and enjoyment of each other's company. I've seen marriages firsthand that are like that. The husband and wife live together, they work together, but they don't really love each other. They just peaceably coexist. It's clear that God wants more in the marriage relationship. So let's jump into 1 Corinthians 13. This week we will look at the first two ways that we should love each other. They are seen in the first part of verse 4. Paul writes there, love is patient and kind. It's going to take some time to look at even just those two. Stop and think about the concept of love being patient. Are you patient with your spouse? Patience has the idea of bearing with your spouse, not overreacting to them and their weaknesses, not being upset with what they do or don't do. Paul, in other places in the New Testament, talks about bearing with one another. That's a good way of thinking about being patient, bearing with each other. Paul writes in Colossians 3.12, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. That's good. You see some of those same themes in Colossians as you do in 1 Corinthians 13. You need to practice patience with your spouse. Frankly, we need to practice patience with everyone. It means that when somebody does something wrong, something offensive, we don't overreact. We don't get upset or frustrated. We don't whine and complain. It's interesting in the passage in Colossians that Paul mentioned the idea of having a compassionate heart and having humility and meekness. That's an important part of patience. If you're humble, you see your own faults, your own weaknesses, your own failings in the past, your poor choices, and your sinful nature that is still at work in your own mind and heart. I think the problem that we often have is that we are very patient with ourselves, but not with others. That's right. We allow for our own weaknesses and bear with ourselves easily enough. We don't get upset with ourselves anywhere near as much as we get upset with our spouse, right? But if we have that heart of humility, we will have all of our own weaknesses in view. And if we remember our own weaknesses, it will allow us to be patient with others. The reality is that your spouse makes mistakes. They do the wrong thing sometimes. They make the wrong choices and respond in the wrong way. They probably don't do it maliciously or with a mean spirit. Get used to it. We're all weak and we all make mistakes. Paul is calling us to love by bearing with and being patient with those things, letting those things go without even talking about them. Chalk it up to the fact that they are not perfect yet and still make mistakes, just like you do. Yes, if you've had children, do you remember how you treated them when they first were learning to ride a bike? Did you get all upset with them the first time they tried and fell over? I would hope not. But that's because you realize that they don't have it down yet, and they're just learning, and they needed grace and encouragement, not impatience. Your spouse is the same way. They need to be treated with the same amount of patience. They make mistakes just like you make mistakes. And there needs to be grace and patience in those times. Do you realize how patient God is with you? All the things that you do, many of which nobody knows about except for you and the Lord. God could strike you right now with a lightning bolt and punish you, but he doesn't. He's patient with you. 
He bears with your weaknesses and puts up with a lot. Shouldn't you do the same with your spouse? When you're impatient with your spouse, that impatience kills the romance in your marriage relationship. When we're expecting them to be perfect and they don't measure up to it, it adds fuel to the fire of frustration and disconnect. If you want the romance back in your marriage, you need to extend great grace and be patient with your spouse. That's so true. And next we're going to look at kindness. Love is patient and kind. It seems that kindness is a bit of a lost art in our society. We don't see a lot of kindness, or at least it doesn't make the headlines the way violence and vindictiveness do. What exactly is kindness? It seems like a vague word like nice. But according to the dictionary, it is benevolence, goodwill, being considerate and helpful. Who do you think of when you think of a kind person? And what is it about that person that brought them to mind? Kindness is a character quality that shows other people that we care about them, about their physical and emotional well-being, and that we're interested in them and willing to serve them and do what we can to help them. Is that how you come across to your spouse? Do you communicate in a consistent manner that their well-being is important to you and that you're eager to help them and see them succeed? Does it even enter your mind that you want your spouse to view you that way? Very often it seems that we care a lot more about how people outside our family view us than we do about how our own husband or wife sees us. So what does it take to develop that quality of kindness in our lives, especially in our relationship with our spouse? Galatians 5.22 tells us that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, a quality that is produced by the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And Colossians 3.12 tells us that as God's chosen ones, we are to put on kindness. So it is something that we are to work at, but that we also need the help of the Holy Spirit to become. So our first step in developing kindness and patience toward our spouse should be on our knees, asking the Lord to develop that fruit in our lives. But then we need to actually work on being kind, putting in the effort to do and say kind things. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Does that sound familiar? But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. That sounds like kindness to me. Seeking to build the other one up, to speak in a fitting way and giving grace abundantly. But kindness goes beyond speech to include our actions, our motives, and our attitudes. There also need to reflect a deep caring about the other person, being eager to see them happy and successful. I think it needs to be pointed out that attitudes of sarcasm, jealousy, suspicion, and resentment are all qualities that will keep us from developing kindness or even wanting to. These attitudes need to be repented of and dealt with if we want to see the fruit of kindness growing in our lives. I think it would be a very helpful exercise for you to sit down and write out two lists, one that lists ways that you need to show kindness to your spouse, and one that lists habits and attitudes you have that inhibit you from showing kindness. Take some time to pray over this list, then be brave and share the list with your spouse and get their input. This may be hard, but it is exactly the kind of conversations of openness and transparency 
that will develop that intimacy in your relationship that you are looking for and that will rekindle the romance that should be a part of marriage. So which of these two aspects of love do you need to work on? Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to take one of these two areas that you need to work on. Sit down with your spouse and confess your need to work on this and ask them to pray for you. Write the lists that we suggested above. Memorize this verse in, in 1 Corinthians 13 and maybe the verse um, Colossians 3.12. As you memorize a verse, try to live it out in a way in the way that you treat your spouse this week. Well, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for each person uh, that is hearing this podcast, that you would be with them through your spirit, uh, that you would remind them of your word. And this week, Lord, that they would choose to be patient and kind with their spouse, that you would help them to love them in that way. And that as a result of their choice to love their spouse, that you would begin to rekindle the romance and the affection that they have for each other. And this would all be for Christ's glory. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We want to encourage you to share this podcast with somebody that can be helped by it. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be continuing to look in 1 Corinthians 13 at the potholes and the roadblocks to real romance and marriage. That's what we'll be looking at on our next episode of Married by Design.